Hey guys, you're listening to the Urban Homesteader Podcast, uh, formerly known as Fairy Acre Homestead. Um, I'm your host, Samantha McClure. I want to welcome you today. It is happy St. Patrick's Day. My children woke up to leprechaun shenanigans. My six-year-old had her daddy build her a leprechaun trap yesterday so that if they caught the leprechaun today, she could get her three wishes and her pot of gold. So when they got up this morning, not only was the trap sprung, but there was chocolate gold nuggets all over the house, and our toilet was dyed green. As you can imagine, the delight on my six-year-old and my four-year-old's faces was just out of this world. It was a lot of fun. It was actually almost better than when Santa Claus comes on Christmas. A couple of exciting things are happening here for us. Um, today is my son's birthday party. He turned four this last Wednesday, and he is very excited. Um, he asked for an army-themed birthday party because right now everything is army. We have army men battles everywhere. And he, like, he can spread them out along the hallway or across the living room or across his bedroom or just around the house. And it's, it's kind of hard to walk around because you're afraid you're going to step on his creatures or his peoples. And he will let you know if you destroy a battle. He, he is very serious about his army battles. So hopefully, you know, he'll grow up and he'll be a great military leader as he's planning. Other exciting things is we've got most of our raised beds built. I've only got about four more to go. We're filling them with dirt and we're getting them planted. Really, really excited. We are expecting a little bit of cool weather this week. So I'll be putting up my... uh What's the word for it? It's not a greenhouse. It's not a high tunnel. It's similar to a high tunnel. But anyway, I've got some cement things and some plastic, and I'm just going to build a temporary greenhouse. Hoop house. It's a hoop house. I'm going to put my hoop house over my tomatoes and stuff to kind of protect them from the cooler weather coming. That way they get a good head start. Um, really excited. Another really cool thing that happened this week my mail lady dropped off a great surprise for me. So Friday, I had left the house. My daughter and son had their first homeschool 4-H meeting. So we went to that and learned about, you know, how germs are spread and the things that are going on this summer with the 4-H. And we came home and I had two packages on the porch. I knew the first package was my son's birthday present. We had picked him up an army uniform, which he has hardly taken off since I gave it to him. So I knew about that package, but there there was this envelope on top of my big box. And it was a really cool envelope. It was by Baker Creek, and it had like an, an old-fashioned order form on it. I was thinking, I didn't order anything from Baker Creek recently. In fact, it's been a year since I ordered anything from Baker Creek. What is this? And I opened it up, and in it was five packs of seeds and a letter. And I got to read in the letter, and it was, Congratulations, you've been chosen to be one of our trial trial seed testers. Um, what with the changing climates, they had reached out to their fans and their customers and asked 
you know, and had a contest. Said, enter this contest and there's a chance you could be a seed grower. I entered it and it was about six months ago. I, I kind of forgot that I had done it. And I honestly didn't think that I would get chosen. I mean, I have a little garden and I, you know, there's, there's farms bigger than me, people with bigger properties that can grow this. But unfor- oh, unfortunately, I'm, that's not unfortunately, I'm excited. Fortunately for me, I got picked. I I get to grow five varieties of seeds and I get to track their progress and submit the progress as they grow to Baker Creek because they want to make sure that when they send seeds out, they're sending them to the correct climate zones. And since the climate is changing, they need to update their systems. But they sent me some purple look in green beans. My kids are very excited about. Apparently they turn bright green when you cook them. And they sent me a Chinese green called Tatsoi. I, I may be mispronouncing that. But they sent me a Chinese green called Tatsoi. And I've got an asparagus and Brussels sprouts and a purple tomatillo. I'm really excited about the tomatillo. I love making green salsa. It's one of my favorites. Now I get to make purple salsa. And I'm sure that it's going to be absolutely delicious. Oh, I'm so excited. I, I've already planted the tatsoi and I've already planted the green or the purple green beans. So I'm looking forward to to trying those and, you know, tracking their progress. Um, another awesome thing that happened this week. I went to the Farmer's Market Nutrition Program training in Colombia. Um, this training allows farmers to accept WIC and senior vouchers. These are um, programs dated, dedicated to low-income families, helps provide you know fresh fruit and vegetables, healthy eating. Anyway, while I was there, I, pro- I was probably one of the very few urban gardeners um, most of the people that came had large farms, were, you know, farming at least five acres or more. And there's me, who's gardening on maybe less than a quarter. I don't, I don't have much that I can do being in the town, in town limits. But while I was there, I, I did apply to, you know, become one of these farmers. Well acceptors of these vouchers. And I asked the lady who worked for the U.S. Department of Agriculture, you know, if I would qualify since I don't have acres and acres to dedicate to selling. I said, I do grow a largish garden for, you know, what I can, what I can, you know, afford. And I sell excess produce to the public. And I wanted to be able to offer my services to those in my community. And she said, well, fill out the paperwork and write on the back what's, you know, your situation. And I'll go back and I'll research it. So I got a call Friday. No, not Friday. Wednesday. I got a call Wednesday at lunch from the USDA telling me that if you grow an agricultural project product, whatever it is, and you have it for sale to the public, you are considered a far- farmer. So our little home right here in town, is officially an urban farm according to the USDA. I could have jumped for joy. I'm officially a farmer and it makes me so excited. 
my uh my daughter was very tickled as well. She she said, "I need a shirt that says I'm a farmer now." So we may have to make her one of those. But you know, it's beautiful weather. Spring has come. Got a couple of days of chilly weather, not much, but for the most part it's been really pretty. I think the other day it was up near 80 degrees. It was hot. I know that. It was very hot. Um, thought I would take a chance and go hiking and do some mushroom hunting. I had great expectations that we would find some morel mushrooms. Unfortunately, the last two hikes that I went on, I have had no such luck. And I'm kind of disappointed. Um, I had some really promising areas that, you know, followed every rule in the book. Except nothing was there. So we decided that I may do some more hunting, but for the most part, we're going to wait till later on in the year, about June or July, and start hunting for other edibles, as morels may like just a little bit cooler climate. So about an hour north of us might be the best place to start looking, but that's okay. You know, you, you can't have everything, though it would have been really, really awesome. I mean, my husband said he found a morel mushroom down in South Georgia. I you know, of course, got onto him for not picking it and bringing it home. But, you know, it is what it is. Now he knows next time he finds them to, to bring them to me. Um, not a whole lot going on. Chickens are finally picking up their laying. They're, I've got eggs coming out my ears. I cannot sell them fast enough. I, I don't know what to do with them all. I've got baskets littering my counters. And it's great. And here we have more chickens on the way. We bought an incubator about two weeks ago. And we put a couple eggs in it for myself and for a friend. And we're hatching those eggs. And I'm kind of excited. We're about two weeks in. We should be getting baby chicks. Not this coming week, but the following Monday or Tuesday if everything goes well. And then a friend of mine, who also happens to be our county extension agent, is giving me a couple of other baby chicks called Lavender Orpingtons. They're kind of a purplish chick, and I'm really excited. My husband, of course, keeps rolling his eyes. Why do you need more chickens? Well, you know, if I want to sell eggs, or my daughter wants to sell eggs to public, we kind of need more than six dozen at the market. Because we're getting about a dozen eggs a day. I'd love to have at least 10 dozen eggs available every weekend at the market. So we're, we're working on getting ready for that. In fact, our farmer's market begins May 18th. And while I'm the one that's, you know, running it and planning it, that's a lot of work. It feels like it's coming so fast. I've got so much to do before then, and I'm hoping that I'll have a good good bit of produce that I can sell at that time. You know, what's a farmer's market without produce? I'm reaching out to farmers, trying to get, you know, people signed up and ready to go. So far, it looks like we're going to have a great Thursday evening market, and I'm hoping we'll still have a good Saturday morning market. I, I just, I don't know what to expect because we've, we've changed some things this year. I don't really have a whole lot more going on. I'm getting ready to teach a couple of workshops. I've got a salve crafters workshop where all of my students will make two salves from pre-infused oils at the shop. And then they will make 
um, herbal packs to take home and infuse themselves for a future herbal salve. Um, it, it'll be a lot of fun. It's about an hour and a half class. Everybody will learn something. We'll learn the benefits of some good healing herbs for the skin. And that's April 5th. Um, and then April 16th, I'm having a workshop on fire cider. That stuff is amazing. I bought, I didn't buy it. I made some. I bought the ingredients to make some and it will definitely whew, knock your socks off. That stuff was hot, even with the honey in it. Cleared my sinuses just smelling it. So I know it's got to work somewhere. So I gave, I gave some to my best friend when she was sick and she thought I was trying to kill her, which, you know, is hysterical, but I would never try to kill anybody just so you know, though my husband regularly thinks that I am trying to kill him. Yeah, it's funny. Well, since I've talked to you a little bit about some of the things that are going on, let's talk about the time of year and what there is out there right now. So it is still kind of early for, um, you know, your produce, unless you've been overwintering things in your greenhouse or you've got some winter crops going. Um, for the most part, most of the vegetables that people eat won't be ready for a while. So... But let's talk about some of the things that you can go out and forage right now, probably in your own yard, that you can cook up and have for dinner. Um, everybody's familiar with the dandelion. It is blooming everywhere right now. I've seen it, seen entire fields just yellow in dandelion, and my yard is one of them. Absolutely love it. Yard's finally drying out, so we may get to cut the grass, but for a while it's been pretty wet and yellow. Um, but yeah, pull up them dandelions. If you get them before they bloom, the leaves are not as bitter, but otherwise just boil them a little bit and throw in some salt. You get yourself some dandelion greens, and those are good for you. Um, other great things that are going right now, yesterday I went hiking looking for morels, and ended up harvesting a bunch of stinging nettle. I, of course, harvested it economically. I only took a little bit from every spot, not not a whole lot. Um, and I'm going to be dehydrating those to make tea, because I really like nettle tea. I find it very calming to my stomach. But you can also cook it. If you boil it, it will um, deactivate the little fibers that cause it to sting you. So just, just cook it. But like I said, I like it in tea and it is growing beautifully right now. I found one of the uh, creeks that we like to walk was just covered for miles in stinging nettle. And it, it is beneficial to wear, you know, long pants and boots and long sleeves and wear gloves when you handle these because it's not the most comfortable thing to get stung by. But should you get stung by it, there is a weed out there that generally grows along with stinging nettle called jewel weed. Just chew it up and make a poultice out of it and stick it on the stings. It should neutralize it. Um, other great things is the violets. My yard is got little dots of purple all over it. Of course, my collection isn't nearly as pretty as the selection at my best friend's house because she has the most beautiful violets just growing wildly in her yard. I don't know why her yard is so special, but I don't get them. <coughs> but I, the, the violets are great. You can make 
tea. You can sugar them and candy them and, or, you know, chop them up or cut, you know, cut them off the plant and toss them in a salad and have a pretty floral salad. You want the pretty purple blossoms. They're so pretty right now. In fact, where we went hiking yesterday was loaded in violets. If it wasn't one of my favorite flowers to look at, I probably would have picked some to bring home and uh, candied them. Because who doesn't want a pretty cupcake with a violet on it? Especially wild violets. I mean, they're gorgeous. Of course, there's also plantain. I wouldn't necessarily say that, you know, to eat it. But you can chew it up a little bit if you've got a cut and put it right on the cut. And it'll help, you know, stop the bleeding and healing it. Other great things that I've seen blooming. My comfrey is coming up. Um, It grows wild for me. It's very wild around here. And it's coming up. It's a great nitrogen fixer. Also good for the skin. Um, dead nettle. Dead nettle is everywhere. I am sure you have seen it. Um, it's in the mint family, so it has the square stem. And it's got the, the leaves that are opposite of each other. And at the top, generally you'll notice that the top leaves kind of have a purple um, a purple hue to them. And they got little purple flowers. Dead nettle is a great salad addition. Your chickens will go crazy for it. And you can also turn it into a poultice for an injury. It's, it's a really good herb to have. It smells pretty good. Um, henbet is similar. You can look it up. Um, that's growing as well. I mean, there's cleavers. There's cleavers out there. You can get them. You'll notice they look like fingers um, sticking off the, the stem. And they go around in circles and they stick to you. They cleave to you. Those are good in a salad or making tea. Those are also, I mean, they're, they're great. It's a great year for, for foraging. Um, if you're lucky, I mean, you might even be lucky and find some morel mushrooms. It is the right time of the year for them. The red buds are blooming. The oak trees are budding. It's been raining. It's a good, good year for them. You generally find them around ash trees. Also, elm and oak. Really, they just They'll pop up just about anywhere. Um, often you'll find them around a dying tree. They, they'll they be there. They can average about two and a half inches tall. They kind of look like little brains sticking out of the ground. So kind of creepy looking, but they're supposed to be one of the best eating mushrooms you can get. So keep an eye out. You never know what you're going to find. And don't eat anything that you pick in your yard until you have it thoroughly identified. Um, there are a lot of lookalikes out there, so you definitely want to make sure that what you are picking and feeding your family or going to turn into medicine, make sure you have a positive identification because I would hate for anyone to get sick. Um, it's, it's, it's not something you want to do. So there's some really great books you can get. Like I like to get the Audubon books. Um, I picked up um, edible plants of the Southeast. And that goes everywhere with me when I'm going foraging because I want to make sure that what I have is true. So definitely, you know, look into some books, take them hiking, go for a walk, identify the things around you and determine what you want to use it for. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a good opportunity for your kids to learn something. And it's a great opportunity to add you know, unique things to your diet. Give yourself a varied diet. Try some some great stuff. But definitely give it a shot. 
Um, I know it's been a while since I've posted a podcast. Things have been, you know, very busy. Trying to finish up with the school year and market planning. And we've got another market on Saturday. So I've been running like a headless chicken. Um, end of next month is the Mother Earth News Fair in Asheville, North Carolina. I'm going with a friend. And I had a great time last year. I learned a lot and I brought home a lot. If you are in the area, it's definitely checking out, worth checking out. So buy a ticket, drive up there, have a nice day trip, go learn something, go shop. It's great. I'm going to be taking a workshop with my friend on cheese making. I've always wanted to learn how to make cheese and now I'm getting the opportunity and I can't wait. I'm hoping one day I can talk my husband into building me a cheese cellar so I can make lots and lots of cheese. We eat way too much of that. But uh, it's good for you. Or at least it tastes good for you. Yeah. Hope everybody has a fantastic day. And I look forward to talking to you on the next podcast by the Urban Homesteader.